turn in your Bibles this evening to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I was caught up in the same traffic that Pastor Stone was. Was an update given on Glenn? From anyone? Okay, you. All right, I've missed out on everything so far. Um, All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. The author God used here in in penning this is Solomon. Solomon prayed for the right thing from the Lord. He prayed for wisdom. Wisdom is something that we all need. We all need it for the everyday issues of life that we face, for how we view things in life, and how we go about with the right attitude in different things. So as we look in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, in verse 1, Solomon says, of all these things in life, he says, For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. As far as the things that happen to you and I in life, as far as the things that happen to a Christian in life or even the unsaved person in the world, what the point that Solomon is trying to get across here to you and I as we go through good things, as we go through bad things, as people that do not acknowledge God in life go through what we would see as good things and blessings from God or bad things in life, he would tell us to forget the examination. For the, get the examination of what we go through or what others go through and try to uh, tack that to God as in what kind of love God has for us. We cannot measure God's love for us by the blessings or by the burdens that we experience in life. In all of Solomon's wisdom, knowledge, and experience, he says, forget the examination of things that we go through in life, things that happen to us and to others, to Christians and to unsaved. My Bible tells me that our Father in heaven maketh His Son to rise upon the just and the unjust. And He maketh the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Think about the Christian farmer and think about the unsaved uh, farmer. They both get rain and they both get sun. Both are needed you know, for their crop, for their surviving. And you can relate it to other things today. And and so God gives blessings to all. So somebody might not think about how important it is that the sun comes up. I have a cousin that used to live in Michigan. And she said a lot of people are de- treated for depression up in Michigan. And... A big part of the reason why, they say, is because there's not a lot of sunlight. You don't get a lot of sun in that area. So think about just that simple blessing that the sun rises on the evil and the good, and rain comes on the just and the unjust. 
Forget the examination of what we have, what we don't have, what we go through in life, what others have, and what others do not have. It reminds me of a parable that Jesus told. He sent forth some laborers. He had some laborers that, that worked just one hour. He had some that worked all day long. At the end of the day, they all got the same thing. Whether they worked one hour or whether they worked all day long. Can you imagine the complaining and can you imagine the bickering in that situation? They agreed to that. They agreed to what they got. And whenever they got started, they should have forgot the examination and quit focusing on other things and other people and what was going on in the life of another. And, and as we think about our salvation that you and I have, if you came to the Lord in true salvation, you came to the Lord in, in the agreement that that salvation was for the forgiveness of our sins, that one day when our life is over, that we would be able to go to heaven to be with the Lord forever. We have a home there. You know, that's enough for me. If, if nothing else good ever came in this life, the fact that the Lord has blessed me with His eternal salvation and I get to go to heaven, that's good enough. That should be good enough for all of us. So, so as we focus that way, let us forget the examination of things that go on in this life, the good and the bad. Let us never consider our burdens as something that shouldn't happen to us. Let us never consider our blessings as something that we deserve and will be thankful and grateful in all things. God never makes a mistake. He never neglects us. Let us forget the checklist of good and bad that comes upon us. Let us forget the comparison of our lot in life to the lot in life of others. Forget the examination. But in verse 2, we see as in all of this wisdom coming to us about life and our view of life, we're not only to forget the examination, but accept the equality. Look in verse 2 of chapter 9. Accept the equality. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not, as is the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. You know, there's obviously a difference in the eternal destination of the Christian and the one that is unsaved. There, there is eternity in, in punishment and torture and separation from God 
for the one that is unsaved. For the Christian, we have the promise of heaven. We are going to be with our Lord Jesus Christ face to face. And and as we heard this morning, all the suffering and all the pain and all the tears, it's going to be gone and we're going to worship the Lord forever. And that's the way things are going to be in eternity. There's obviously a different eternal destination for the saved and the unsaved. Things will not be alike then, but in this life, things are going to be alike for the saved and the unsaved. I don't know about you, but I know wealthy Christians, and I know people who have never given God the time of day, and they are wealthy just as well. I know poor Christians, and I know poor unsaved people just as well. I have known some wonderful Christians and they have been through a lot of sickness and a lot of illness throughout their life, their whole life long in some cases. And I have known some unsaved people that have experienced the same poor measure of health. I mean, that's just reality. That's the way it is. I'm not teaching anything here in that. You all have seen the same thing. That's the way it is in life. There is a lot of equality concerning the things that do happen to people in life. Look around and take a survey. That's the way it is. It's always been that way. It's that way now. It's going to be that way until Jesus comes back. And we can't change this at all. And God's not wrong for this happening. God makes no mistakes. He's perfect. He's holy. And He is just. So except that all are equal in the conditions in this life, the situations and the events of this life sometimes... This is something that people struggle with in their mind and they can become so consumed with this and it's something that God doesn't even want us to be focused on. He doesn't want us considering this. So accept the equality. But not only that, that leads that can lead the mind into another thought if you're with me, okay? Forget the evaluation of people, accept the equality and 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 what possible Thought can come into our mind from this. Look in verse 3 and let us overcome the evil. It says, This is an evil thing among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live and after they go to the dead. We are all going to experience physical death if the Lord Jesus doesn't come back first. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's, it's coming. It's coming to the saved. It's coming to the unsaved. We're all going to have good and bad things happen to us in this life, whether we're a child of the King or whether we have rejected the King. So could the possibility of a thought pass through all of our minds uh, just for a second maybe, who cares how we live then? I don't know if this is speaking to somebody here, but this speaks to someone because someone has that thought. 
when they see the things that happen throughout Christianity, when you witness to someone and they're a professing Christian and they haven't been in church a long time, uh, in a long time, and they say, well, this happened to brother so-and-so and this happened to sister so-and-so's family and I thought they were the most righteous family in the church and if something like that can happen to them, then to heck with it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it then. What, what does it matter how we live? Let us co- overcome this evil thought that can, that can enter into the mind. Uh, a thought that comes from Satan because, you know, his goal is to ruin the life of the child of God. He can't ruin your, your destiny and where you're going. He can't keep you from going to heaven. But while you're upon this earth, he would like to destroy our lives. And, and, he, can, and he can play off of a thought that we have... He can play off of circumstances that are placed in front of us. He knows what our weakness is. So so concerning overcoming this evil, you know, some random things will happen as a result of sin entering into this world. Look, this is a fallen world. And and things happen. Things happen to the just and things happen to the unjust. But that thought will bring about bad things guaranteed. You know, we're going to reap what we sow. There's no doubt about it. If you hit your thumb with a hammer, it is going to hurt. Whenever something comes upon the Christian's life, and it's something that we would call bad, he has something good in mind, but, but we would call it bad, we, we can lay that on our Father. We can give that to Him. If, if we're living for Him, and we're not thinking this way, and we are forgetting the examination, and we're serving Him, that's something we can lay on Him. But if we say, who cares how we live anyway, we can be sure that bad will come. And what are we going to do in that case? So let us overcome this evil thought of who cares how we live then. Just because good and bad happen to both the saved and the unsaved. Overcome the evil thought. Instead of who cares about this life then, let us talk about hope in this life. More than ever today, there are people that do not value life. I'm not talking about someone that's the victim of a a criminal attack, and I know that there's a lack of value of human life when when someone would take someone's car and, and take their life to get them out of the way so they can get away with just a vehicle or even some wheels off of a vehicle, but I'm talking about people themselves personally not valuing their own life, not coming to a place of motivation and encouragement and enthusiasm about the fact that they're alive, about the fact that they're living, that they have life. Life is very encouraging. Would you look at verses 4 through 6 with me as we see how encouraging life is? It says in verse 4, For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. Now, now earlier in Ecclesiastes, if you go home and read, you will find where Solomon said, said some things to the effect of it would be better just to go from the womb straight to heaven than to experience life 
like the bad blows that could come about. And, and just because that's penned in the Bible, th- that doesn't mean that that's right. It's not right to have that attitude about life. God, God was using all angles to express things about the right attitude about life. And he used the, the a wrong thing that he said to show us this. Look, life on earth, though, for you and I, this is a gift from God. You, you have been gifted with life here. It's a gift from God, and anyone can have hope given to them while they are alive and while they are breathing with their feet upon this earth. You know, the, the terminology and just a, too, too loose a vocabulary to say something like, I wish I were dead. I know that that is said uh, lightly in some cases. It's said heavily of people in their lives in other cases. But this is a horrible statement to make. It's a horrible focus for someone to have. I'm not making light of depression and how it can come over people. But nevertheless, when we look into God's Word, when we think about our God that gave us life, it is an insult to our life giving God. He breathed life into you and I. He has given us a life upon this earth. And He offers hope to all while they are in this on this earth. Look at what it continues to say. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. You might say, well, I agree with that. Not back then you wouldn't. Back in that day and time, there was nothing good said about a dog. You look all through the Bible. It's, it's negative when it comes to dogs. PetSmart and Petco would not have survived even 30 years ago when I was a kid. Plywood, doghouse in the backyard, and, and maybe you got a collar. Maybe the dog got a collar. That, that stuff just wouldn't last today. But, but even way, way back then, anything about a dog was negative. And a lion, man, he's on top of the food chain. What, what could be any better than a lion? But he says uh, a living dog, think about it in that day, is better than a dead lion. We have life right now. Life is encouraging. There is so much for you and I that we are able to do in, in life, okay? Uh, that lion is behind the closed door of death with, with no hope, all right? But l- let's continue in verse 5 how life is so encouraging. It says, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Knowing that death is coming, our time is short. Knowing that death is coming, but while we are alive, let us take advantage of every opportunity that we have in life to do good. Let us take advantage of every opportunity we have in life to give glory to God, to do something that only we would do as a saved person by being saved, by having Him work through us. Let us thrive off of that in life. 
life. It's encouraging that we have the opportunity to do these kinds of things in life. There are, there are great things you and I can do right now and, exp- and express appreciation to God for it. Just to be a good example to others. Just for the person here that just needs a kind word from someone when they come into God's house. May, may that be the aim of, of just a small thing we could do that will end, so, end up so huge in someone's life. I was thinking as I was in the choir loft this morning, it was a very encouraging morning. I, I, I'm not playing for any sympathy here, but I wake up some days and I just don't feel good. It's not the allergies, it's not a sickness, but, but already I just don't feel good some days. I know it's going to get worse. Okay, but I woke up this morning and I felt so good. We had a great time in the youth group. Uh, my cup's running over. And I come in here and, and we're in the choir and, and I'm just thinking, someone else is going through a, maybe a sorrowful season. Just because I'm having such a great morning, feel good, and spiritually everything's great, someone, someone here is going through a rough season of life. A test from God, maybe. Something that is going to build your faith. But, but we're not all on the same page all the time. I'm afraid that, I'm afraid that I was guilty of that. Um, sometime back whenever everything's going great for me and I, I see a down face and I'm thinking something must be wrong spiritually. That may not be it at all. There's, there are, there's a, just a tough struggle that I'm going to face down the road maybe that they're facing right now. Life is encouraging to be a good example to others, to be a good encouragement to someone else, to look around and to be sensitive toward the people of God that are going to be perfect in heaven forever one day. Everything's going to be great then, but right now we need one another. And we need to lift one another up. And we're not all in the same season of life. I wonder how many different kind of seasons we're in right now among this church family. And we all need one another in one way or another. And, and you never realize what great impact just the smallest thing will make upon someone's life. So we have a time to be an example to others. You know, to, to do these good deeds... To live for the Lord, we're saved unto good works. And not only can we be an example to others and encouraging to others, but we can have everlasting treasure in heaven. We can be building that everlasting treasure in heaven right now. That's something we're not going to do in heaven one day. That is something we do in this life. I don't know everything about what the treasures are going to be like in heaven, but I know they're eternal, and I know there's something that we're going to embrace, and we're going to love having, and God's going to give them to us. For us being used by Him to do things in this life. Life is encouraging. Because you're not going to earn any rewards in heaven. You're earning them here. 
Oh, man. Okay. Faith and trust is not going to be experienced in heaven. Faith is going to be sight. What an exciting life it is. A life of faith. We grow in faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We, we grow in this faith. We grow to trust the Lord more and more. We grow in our fear of God. This, this love, this desire to please God, and this desire not to displease God, and it governs our lives, and it makes our lives more like the Lord Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? Life is encouraging, and these things are things that go on here. Whoa. Verse 6. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Life is so encouraging now because God has given us his free salvation. We know, we know how we're going to get to heaven. There are others around us that do not know how to get to heaven. There are unsaved people we pass so often, and we have the opportunity while we have life here on this earth to breathe that life-giving gospel to the soul of someone else that they might be saved. What a wonderful, blessed privilege that you and I have in this life to share the, the greatest thing. You're telling somebody about salvation in the Lord and you know that there's nothing greater that they could be offered. And you, you have the, the experience, you have the understanding, you have the inheritance of heaven and the Word of God hid in your heart that you might tell them how to get to heaven. Wow. How encouraging is that? When you lead some person to Christ... Someone led Billy Graham to Christ. And, and look at what all came from that. What an encouraging opportunity we have in life. It's, it's going to be all over one day. When the Lord comes back, takes us home. No, no more opportunity for that. At His perfect time, He's going to end it. How encouraging is it for you and I to have life? And the things that we're able to do in this life. Death. Death is marvelous for the Christian. We're going to heaven to be with the Lord for eternity. Death is so final. So dark for the unsaved. So, so punishing for their rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Life is encouraging. We're to enjoy life. 
we're going to intertwine verses 7 and 8 because it's going to seem a little out of balance as we just go through verse 7. But stick with me as we get through them all. Verse 7 says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. We can enjoy this life. God wants us to enjoy life. You can ask Shelley, when God first called me to preach, I didn't think I could enjoy life anymore. Um, it was to be hard, it was to be constant, and, and it was to be uh, nothing but my job as a pastor. Go out to eat? No, I don't think I can do that. Go for some entertainment for the kids at Chuck E. Cheese? I'd, I've got, some, I got another life now. Well, you know what? We, I found out, praise the Lord, I found out we can enjoy life. God wants you and I to enjoy this life. The Christian doesn't have to feel guilty about enjoying life. Enjoy what you have in life. Whether it's a little, whether it's a lot, whatever your lot is in life and and whatever situation you're in and whatever you have, enjoy what you have. Don't Let us not spend time wishing for this and wanting that, and we think what we have is lame. We're never going to be able to enjoy life like that. With what you have, where you have, enjoy what God has given you. Joy doesn't come from stuff. Joy comes from the Lord. And it's through the Lord that we enjoy life. Enjoy life because you are accepted by the Lord. Ephesians says we are accepted in the Beloved. Christians have every reason to be overwhelmed with joy in life, no matter what, because of what we have in Him. Only Christians can truly be joyful. A lot of people call the book of Philippians the book of joy because Paul is leading that church in their, in their discontent situation to see the joy that they can have in life. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, think on these things. We should have the happiest mindsets in the world being children of God. We should be able to enjoy life. Verse 8, it's an elevated life. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Someone might read verse 7 and think that whatever they're doing to enjoy life is okay then. Not everything that we could do. The flesh could really find some enjoyment from things that that just aren't permissible by the Lord. Okay? So we are to enjoy life. We can enjoy life. We, we, are, we, are, we are told to enjoy life here. But whenever we are close to the Lord, when we are in His will, we enjoy the things that, that are according to His will. We enjoy the things that are w- within the guidelines 
of, of what He's given to us in His goodness. What, whatever is, is of, of morals that the Lord would appreciate, that the Lord permits, that's what we enjoy in this elevated life with our garments white and let our head lack no ointment. We've been washed white as snow. We're clothed in a robe of righteousness in the Lord Jesus Christ and as His people, as being changed by Him, as being conformed to the image of His dear Son, the things that we will enjoy are things that are in line with our Father. Verse 9, let us engage. Oh boy. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given under the sun all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. I can't stand for people, especially young people, God's blessed me with being able to be in the lives of some young people that God might use me in some way to help them in some way. And I can't stand for them to hear negative things about marriage, about a spouse saying something negative to or about their spouse. Marriage is something that has been given by God's design. It is something that is beautiful whenever He is in the marriage with us. It is encouraging for you and I to have this relationship ahead of us or to be in it in life. I, I think of someone here, and I, and I just remember a statement from just a little casual conversation that, that was being made. And, and on the job, this fella just couldn't believe that a guy was just talking so bad about his own wife on the job. He's like, this is your, your wife. What are, you, what are you talking about? What is wrong with you? And there is so much negativity that could be heard in that but God made marriage and he made a beautiful thing for life make sure you define marriage by what God says it is and not by what the world says it is but we go from this engaging to a last point of of effort whatsoever thy hand findeth to do do it with all thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Well, this is kind of overlapping the last verse and into this verse. Not that it's necessarily meant to be, but marriage isn't a 50-50 it's a 100-100% effort, you know. And we're to put 100% effort into everything that we do in life. I promise that 
that I have a viewpoint for you about life that if you will follow it, it will bless you. Do not ever let your focus be on getting something, but giving something or doing something. Not someone doing for you, but what you can do for someone else. And give it a hundred percent in what you do. There are things that we, we, there are things that we can't do that God does for us, but what we can do, He expects you and I to do. Glenn has done what he could, and his, and Darlene has done what they could. They went to the hospital. That's what they can do, and we've prayed, and, and we leave it to God to do the rest. I believe with all my heart that the reason why an episode came about right before they discharged him from the hospital is because he needed to be there and was meant to be there. And so he went there, but God did what he, what he couldn't do by placing him in the position to get the care that he needed. But whatever you do, do it with a hundred percent. Wisdom from Solomon. If we take the wisdom that God gave him, that God used him to give to us, it will really help our attitude in life to forget the examination of things that happen to you, things that happen to others. Accept the fact that you'll see equality in this world in life. Whether we think someone does deserve it, whether we think someone doesn't deserve it, there's just a, a broad equality. Let us overcome that evil thought of who cares how we live then. We will all reap what we sow. Life, this precious life that some people don't value, that, that, that depression sinks you to a, to a, to a scary place, Know and go to God's Word and you will find that life is encouraging. This world will want to take your life. But God's Word breathes life. Jesus is life. Peter said He's the Prince of Life. And you will find healthy, encouraging life from Him. But not only that, we're to enjoy life. We have an elevated life. Do you? Do you truly have that elevated life? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been made to be white as snow? All your sins forgiven. Come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That is the most important thing in life. That's one reason why life is so encouraging because we know the most important thing in life for someone else that your sins be forgiven. I don't know, I don't know how the rest of your education is going to go. I don't know how your career is going to go. And, and I hope it's good. I don't know how family is going to be. But would you receive the forgiveness of your sins so that you might have eternal, everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord? Have you ever called on Him to save you? Have you ever trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ? You're going to get that opportunity to do so as we meditate on the wisdom of God that He gave us through Solomon. Let us pray. My Father in heaven, dear God, we come to you this evening and we thank you, Lord, that 
that your work and your will and worship in your house just just can't be stopped, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that, that your word will never pass away. I thank you that we know that your true children are going to be here when, when you come back, that your true church is going to be in this world, Father. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the, the power, Lord, that, 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 just, that just busts out against the gates of hell, dear God. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for the, just the most important thing that we have in life, and that is eternal salvation in you. Lord, may we get knowledge, because from knowledge comes wisdom, the ability to apply your knowledge to life, Lord. May we walk as your children in such a way that gives you the most honor and glory that we could possibly give you, dear God. And Father, you're, you're mighty to save today as always. And I pray, dear God, if there's one here that they're, they're troubled in that their heart even now, that they do not know this everlasting peace of trusting in Jesus and Him becoming Lord and Savior of their lives personally. Father, I pray that they would be saved tonight, dear God. For everyone here in every season of life, I don't know what those seasons are, but you do, Father. Give them what they need. Help them. May they say as David in the Psalms, I am helped. Lord, I'm going to give you thanksgiving right now for what you do in the lives of your people this evening. Have your way in their hearts in this time. In Jesus' name. Amen.